Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 30th October 2019 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. People who choose to practice medicine have my eternal awe and admiration. They daily make choices and advise people about things that will affect the rest of their lives. From dentists to heart surgeons, it's hard for me to understand what calls people to devote their lives to making other people's lives better. This week, we'll be listening to two stories, one from Simpson and one from Sebastian. And as we're walking around Hong Kong, we'll be thinking of how lucky we are that we live in a world with people who are willing to help us get better. Before we get to this week's stories, though, a huge thanks go out to our loyal Hong Kong audience. You have a lot on your mind just now, and we appreciate you saving a tiny space to hear our stories. Thanks go out to our overseas listeners as well. This week, especially to listeners in Bethnal Green in the UK, Manila in the Philippines, and Broma in Sweden. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. Hong Kong Stories doesn't have a show in November. Instead, four of our stories will be opening acts for shows at the Hong Kong International Literary Festival this year. There are a lot of enticing shows at the festival, and we're looking forward to attending ones that range from slam poetry to musical performances, with topics as diverse as wilderness survival and our beloved Bruce Lee. Have a look on their website, festival.org.hk, for details and availability of tickets. Our next Hong Kong Stories show will be on the 4th of December, and our host Sao Mai is listening to pitches and selecting her favorites. Keep your eyes peeled for ticket sales in early November, found through hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. And now from our June 2019 show with the theme, Rewind, here is Simpson. There is a saying, when a person is going to die, he will walk through a dark tunnel, seeing light at the far end. That's the border of another world. I have had this experience. It's not a dream. The darkness is so real. I can only follow the direction shown by the lights in front. I keep walking step by step, without worrying whether the light is my exit, because the light is so warm and welcoming. Ten more steps to go. The light is a fiction of colors, and actually is very peaceful indeed, I would say. So then I'm totally attracted to it, and three more steps. Suddenly, there's a voice at my back, stopping me from stepping further. When I turn my head, light from another far end is shining on me and irritating my eyes. When I reopen my eyes, 
is the sunshine streaming in through the window blinds. As my eyes gradually adjust to the light, I find myself lying on the bed with my whole body connected with tubes and cables to different medical devices. I try to sit up, but I can barely move because when I even make a small move, my heart is burning. There's a lady standing beside me wearing hospital scrubs. Then I realized she is a nurse and I'm in the hospital. Good morning, Simpson. You are in the ICU now, she said. Actually, you have been diagnosed with very serious pericarditis. Perry what? Is it something to do with Perrier? It's pericarditis, which is kind of inflammation on the outer layer of your heart. My heart? I'm still young and healthy. You must be crazy. Then she explains, a quarter of people who is in my condition cannot survive their first night. You are so lucky. You know what? Actually, your heart's function index has been dropping in the middle of the night. And we almost call your mom to come back. But right before dawn, your heart stabilized. You're so blessed. Then how did I win up here? Uh, yes, I, I remember. I'm waking up in the middle of the night in my own bed with severe chest pain and fever. <sighs> yes, I, I should call an ambulance. Uh, uh, no, 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 I can't. Mom and Dad will be extremely nervous when they see the ambulance workers come to our apartment. Instead, I go downstairs to the taxi rank by myself. Normally, it takes three to five minutes for the walk, but tonight, it takes me just like more than half an hour because I need to walk very slowly and I need to take a deep breath for every single step. When I arrived, the hospital's a and &E. a nurse immediately tried to escort me from the waiting room to the, onto the court in the curtain-off area. I must be looking pretty bad, because for the normal patients, they need to take six to eight hours to wait for such an arrangement. But now, I do not need to wait a minute. Then the nurse checks my pulse, blood pressure, and do the ECG on me. And then sends the results to the doctor, who comes at the very next minute. And then he performs the ultrasound on my heart. 
right after that, four medical stops. Lift me up and then lay me down on the bed with wheels. Suddenly, my bed is moving down the hospital corridor at a very high speed, just like I'm driving a Ferrari in a hospital. Then I ask, what is happening? One of the medical staff who is moving my bed says, we need to earn back your time. To earn back my time? What does that mean? Then my vision blurs. When I like open eyes, I'm already this band with my whole body connected with different medical devices. So, totally, I have spent more than 20 days in the hospital. But now uh, I've just uh, resumed my normal life. But sometimes I still feel dizzy and even experience shorter breath. But it's manageable. These days, when my friends are asking about my this experience, I do tell them in every single detail, except for one. I don't tell them about the dark tunnel, which is another world that I'm still not ready to revisit. Thank you. We are so glad that Simpson chose not to follow the light and to come tell his story with us instead. Simpson started his storytelling journey in a very different way, by coming to a workshop, and you can try it too. Find all the information you need about how to start your storytelling journey at hongkongstories.com. Now, you may be cringing a bit while you're listening to this podcast due to my very raspy voice. I have a touch of laryngitis, and it's never very comfortable. It will go away soon, I hope, and in the meantime, I'll rest and drink water in true Hong Kong fashion. Our next story is from Sebastian, and was told in 2016, although it took place a few years earlier, in a doctor's office. My biggest fear in life is not my wife-to-be, or getting married, or jumping out of a plane. My biggest uh, fear in life is to be naked in front of a doctor. They always try to humiliate me. (laughs) It starts 15 years ago. I was living in Paris. I decided to move to Australia, and to go to Australia, I need a visa. The embassy asked me to pass a medical test. The doctor looked at me and said, remove everything. Everything? Yeah, remove everything. You mean naked? Yeah, naked. Remove everything. I was naked for the first time in front of a doctor. The examination lasts 30 minutes. He checked my ears, my throat, my blood pressure. What the hell am I doing naked? Before the examination uh, finished, 
He asked me to stand up and put some gloves. Oh. He grabbed my package, asked me to cut, <coughs> and I was clear to go to Australia. But was this necessary? Back home, I try, okay, to cut. There's no way something is linked between my throat and my testicles. And it continues like this everywhere I go. Always a doctor to humiliate me. Few years later, I was back in Montreal in Canada. And it's kind of embarrassing to tell that in front of people, but I had some kind of problem here. Let, let's call it a pet pet problem. It's, Cantonese word, free lesson for you. Pet, pet problem, okay? I go to see the doctor. He asked me to remove everything again. I was naked again. He examined me, and then he, to tell me what I had, he drew a little drawing on a paper, my ass. And he showed me what I had. What I didn't notice, okay, is... He drew this little hot piece of art behind on the back of my prescription. <laughs> I didn't notice, but the pharmacist did. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> hey, come, come see that. Asked his colleague. There were like two or three colleagues looking at this. A client come, let me see at this. Oh, oh that looks like, oh. <laughs> Can you just give me my cream? The doctor gave me two prescriptions. One was for my pimple that I have next to my mouth, and one was for my pet. Both tubes were white, both tubes were the same size, and both tubes were to be used daily. He said, this one's for your pimple, this one for your pet pet. Pimple, pet pet. Pimple, pet pet, pet pet, pimple. Don't mix them around. That week, okay, I was super, super careful not put the cream for the pet pet next to my mouth. But what had happened happened the other way around. Who would have suspected that a cream made for a pimple in the face can do so much harm? Once applied down there, the burning was unbearable. That doctors they always try to humiliate me like this. Now, you may think that happens only in French country like Quebec or, or France, Paris. Let me tell you something. It's an international conspiracy. <laughs> All doctors are involved, including in Hong Kong. Three years ago, I was doing Dragon Boat in Stanley. And during one practice, I get, a, again, a little cut on my pet pet. And next time your mom tells you to disinfect your wound immediately, listen to her. I didn't. The next morning, I woke up with an abscess the size of a tennis ball. I went to see a doctor, asked me to remove everything. <laughs> I was naked again. This time he said, oh, because the, the wound was very big, he said, oh, we're going to need to keep you in the hospital for tonight and need a surgery. He turned to his assistant and said, take his cloth to the, the locker room. He won't need them anymore. <laughs> and bring him the uniform. The uniform, okay? It looks like an unfinished curtain, <laughs> turquoise, 
doesn't cover all the parts. Comes with the shower caps and color. And in Hong Kong, why the aircon is so strong? With this thing on me and not covering everything, I shiver. And, uh, and in Hong Kong, they don't allow you to walk in the, the hospital. They will you. They will you everywhere you want to go. I came to the hospital, okay, wearing proper clothes, walking with all my dignity. Now I look like someone is about to die. And in hospital, okay, look at this next time you're going there. Healthy people, healthy people, they don't, the visitors, the visitors, they don't want to mix up with sick people. They want to avoid you, they avoid eye contact with you. Oh no, look at this guy. Oh no, no, he's coming with me. Please close the door, close the door. Some people dare to look in my eyes. I so pity. That woman, she came to me and put her hand on my shoulder. She said, it's going to be all right. I'm not going to die. The next day after the surgery, the doctor came to me and said, uh, you're going to have to come to my clinics to meet my uh, nurse for uh, cleaning the wound. Next morning, I went to the clinic and a gorgeous nurse was waiting for me and she said, good morning, Mr. Lambert. We were waiting for you. Please follow me to the next room. Now, I, f I fear to be naked in front of doctor, but pretty nerves. As soon as I get in the room and before she asks for it, I remove everything. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was created and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell. Even my cat. <laughs>